Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to New Books in Psychoanalysis. This is Philip Lance, your host for today's podcast. Today I'm interviewing Luca Nicolai about the book that he co-authored with Antonino Ferro, The New Analyst's Guide to the Galaxy, Questions About Contemporary Psychoanalysis, published by Karnak in 2017. This book is structured as a conversation between a young analyst that would be Luca, and a famous analyst, that would be Antonino Ferro. Um, and Ferro has become a powerful voice for contemporary psychoanalysis and Bionian field theory. The book has a delightfully playful, lighthearted tone while addressing questions about how contemporary psychoanalysis has diverged from some traditional values and practices. Luca, who we're speaking um, to today from, I think, Modena, Italy? Is it? Is that where you are? Yeah, Modena. Um, warned me before the interview that his English fluency is limited, although he seems to be doing fine so far. Um, but we agreed to give it a try, and I shared some questions with him in advance so that he could consult his English-Italian dictionary. Luca is a psychologist and psychoanalyst, a member of the Psychoanalytic Society of Italy, and he's a member of the editorial board of the Revista di Psicoanalisi. So welcome to the program, Luca. Oh, thank you. uh, Luca, we always begin by asking what led you to write this book, um, which which is titled um, a book for the, quote, new analyst, and let me say that I'm a candidate uh, at a psychoanalytic institute in California. Um, I probably will graduate in 2020, at which, which time I'll be 60 years old. So I'll be a, quote, new analyst, but not exactly a young analyst. Um, so is this book for me? So, uh, dear Philip, I thank you for inviting me to this conversation. I apologize for my Italy English, shame on Italian school. But I hope you and the listener will be able to understand me. So, uh, for your first question, uh, I think you are a fortunate man because you can experiment a sort of time machine. As Ferro tells uh-huh. in the book, uh, yes, with the graduation, the Institute will subtract to your age um, magically 20 years. You will be more or less a 40 years old psychoanalyst. Because we have to think that in Italy, the average age of a graduate's member is 62, I think, 63. Um, and the average age of training analysts is 70-something, I think, 72. So we need this kind of magic to compare to other professionals. Because it, it's, not, it's not possible that a 60 years old uh, is a young uh, member. But it is. Because um, the analysts pay more attention to the professional experience than to the actual age. 
So if you are uh, um, just graduates, you are very, very young. And this can lead to forget some aspects of our real life. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's like uh, a, a, double, a double person, a double, double life. You are, uh, you are a father, you are a husband, sometimes uh, some people are grandparents, grandfathers, but you are still young. So, um, this book is not for analysts young, but for young analysts. So, what are young analysts? Are analysts who are attracted by the new, by the undiscovered, the unorthodox. So, Philip, I think that this book is for you. Because you are spending a Sunday morning, because uh, today is Sunday, in a conversation with an unknown Italian colleague. You don't know absolutely where we can go this morning, but you have bought the ticket. So uh, you can uh, think that uh, you are, yes, a young analyst. Mm -hmm. So you asked me about what led me to writing this book with Antonino Ferro. Well, it has been a meeting, really. A meeting between two, I think, irreverent persons. I went to Ferro bringing my doubts and perplexities about his theory. I didn't uh, go to, to him uh, for a normal supervision. I, mm, I went to him to, uh, uh, to know what, what um, something more about uh, his theory because uh, it, it was for me unclear. So uh, I, I was bringing um, with me um, many doubts and he asked me to come again bringing much more. Uh, he told me, uh, okay Luca, come the next time but uh, bring, to you, uh, bring with you uh, 20 or 30 of these uh, irreverent question for me. So, um, he proposed to me uh, to give life uh, to a manual for self-defense for candidates. A manual for self-defense self because uh, we uh, should defend ourselves from orthodoxy. That is the, the uh, huge problem for us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we have done this. Yeah. There's two things you said I really liked. One is that the average age for age for for graduates in your Italian society is 62 years old, which means I'll be younger than the average, uh, at least than it. That's that, which makes me feel good. I'm not sure that's so great for our profession that that people aren't beginning this until they're uh, in their 60s, but. Um, but I and I like the time machine idea because I, reading the book was very enlivening. I and and I fun to read and made me feel younger just reading the book. And one question: so when you you recorded these interviews with Pharaoh, did you go to his office over the course of several months and just and talk to him in his office? And how did it? How did you do the interviews or? put the book together that way. Yes, uh, it was really uh, a great uh, experience for me because um, I went uh, in the life 
on the street, uh, in my office, uh, in vacation, with a um, sketchbook. And uh, when I found that something for me was unclear, some I sometimes I had in my mind um, uh, a question with a patient or uh, with myself. Uh, I write down. I written down this question in my sketchbook, and after I think one month or two months, I uh, came back to Ferro's office. And uh, we start uh, recording. And um, it was uh, good because it was really fine. Because some questions uh, were uh, already written. But uh, when we were uh, with uh, our minds connecting together, some questions uh, uh, arouses uh, come out from nowhere from the meeting probably and so uh, we have I think three or four uh, full days together and it was an uh, experience because uh, really Ferro uh, speaks uh, as, a, as you read speaks as a book and uh, he has uh, a really clear thought in his mind. So it was really great. Uh-huh. And that's a great example you just gave there of field theory for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with that. But when you said that you came together and questions that had not been prepared just suddenly came out of nowhere. There was there was something new in the field between you that was created by you and Pharaoh being together, something new that became the question. So um, I think that's a good example, a little bit kind of of what field theory is. But for listeners who don't know Antonino Ferro, can you say something? Tell us a little bit about who he is. Yes. Um, Antonino Ferro is a curious, revolutionary spirit. He has he come from a climbing background, but it was unsatisfied but interpreting continuously the envy of the patients, their aggressiveness, the attacks to the breast, and so on. He told me uh, I was always interpreting the, and so the patient uh, came having a problem, and then when he he went home, he had two problems: one with the life, one for uh, with me, and so um, he started working with the patient instead of standing over the patient. Following Bian, when uh, Bian considers that the, patient, uh, that the patient is the best colleague, colleague. it was fine because he, he told me that during a congress in Boston, it was a congress uh, about Bian, he celebrated the marriage between the Bionian metapsychology and the Baranger field model. So he created the Bion field theory, which is still under devel uh, development. Uh, now uh, he told me that uh, this is quite the fourth versions version of the of the theory, but is a really a living theory because he and uh, Civitarese and uh, Elena Molinari, uh, many uh, Italian colleague 
but uh, also North American colleagues, uh, Andrea Celenza, for example, from New York, are and uh, many others uh, are improving this uh, this theory. So it's really living a theory. Uh. And uh, uh-huh. Ferro told me that uh, he. Uh, he um, hopes that uh, in the future uh, the field theory will be um, cancelled and um, another theory uh, will grow up uh, on this theory because uh, um, really uh, he don't uh, uh, he doesn't love monuments in uh, for example he, he told me in in the bu- in the book uh, something extraordinary um he, mm, he told me that uh, we need more daesh you know the uh, e- e- islamic state in syria uh, i i i told uh, uh, him what what are you saying to me he said yes because uh, they crushing monuments and i say yes it's it's uh, not a good uh, thing and he said yes it's a good thing because because we uh, are full of the past we are covered by the past by the monuments and we need space for new ideas so uh, obviously it was uh, was joking about this uh, uh, this metaphor but i think that uh, if you want to um, to know about Pharaoh, you should think about uh, Daesh and so Islamic State. He really is a, a dest- destroyer and a reconstructor. Uh huh. Yeah, I I don't think I've read um, anybody who sort of. Uh, presented that idea as strongly as he does in terms of how psychoanalysis needs to be kind of reinventing itself or superseding itself going forward. And that idea in some ways makes me nervous because I guess I, I feel like, oh, what if I, I don't know, I guess there's something constantly being lost when you're creating something new. But I, I will say that when I read contemporary forms of psychoanalysis, I, I usually am quite inspired when I'm reading a lot of the old stuff, which I, I have to read as part of my candidate seminars. I'm not inspired. And reading, when I first pulled out some journal articles uh, just in the last several months to begin reading Antonino Ferro, I was really captivated. And um, and so I think as many people are when they first begin reading Ferro. And so I want to read a quote. Um, let's see, this is this is a quote from you. Um, it's, it's in your book. You said, quote, at times, Pharaoh's psychoanalysis looks terribly like the dark side of the force, tempting, seemingly, seemingly easy, powerful. It makes one want to immediately become one of his most faithful disciples, to let oneself be tempted. But meanwhile, one recoils away from it because wisdom teaches us that shortcuts do not work in psychoanalysis and idealizations have wings pasted with wax. Um, end quote. So, as I said, your your impression of Pharaoh's work really, I had that same impression, the tempting, the powerful. Um, 
And when I, when I read it for the first time, I was totally captivated. I immediately began to kind of try to experiment in my sessions with clients, um, some of his ideas. Um, but can you kind of describe a little something about, uh, about Pharaoh's work, how you see it and how it's a little more about how it's contemporary? Uh, it's a huge question. Uh, I can only give some suggestions, and, but I can try. Um, so we can say that contemporary psychoanalysis is driving uh, his attention from the representations, the conflicts, uh, in a perspective of intrapsychic to the tools for thinking, the thought processes, and the intersubjective and interpsychic, uh, as for example, Thomas Ogden and Stefano Bonognini are doing. So, mm, mm, I, we can say that Freud um, think the, uh, thought uh, psychoanalysis as um, an instrument to discover something that is already there that is uh, recon um, reactivated by the transference but uh, uh, all is uh, all is done is done in the in the past is done in the infantile phases of the life of the patient so uh, we are archaeologists for example um not uh, we are like Indiana Jones. We are we are living archaeologists. We are uh, we experiment adventures with the the patients, but uh, the past uh, is our goal, and the present is uh, is live because of the of the transference. So um, uh, after Beyond, um, the unconscious is uh, every time recreating. It's uh, every time here. Um, and um, Civitarese, for example, in one of uh, his last book, uh, invented a word that is uh, a verb that is to unconsciate, uh, to unconscious, uh, inconsciare in Italian. It was, uh, it, it's good because uh, something become unconscious. And um, as Bion said, uh, uh, when you dream your um, your experience, you uh, dream with the conscious and unconscious, and you uh, take uh, beta elements and uh, with the function alpha, you know, you uh, you create alpha elements and narratives uh, and fictions and so on. And, um, the work of um, Ferro uh, begins here. Uh, when two minds are in the same uh, room, um, immediately uh, they uh, try to connect. And uh, the, the groups... Uh, inside the, the, the minds try to connect, to mix, uh, to join, to meet. And so um, it's, um, it is 
not a relational psychoanalysis because uh, Ferro uh, told me and uh, tells in the in the books um, in many of his books that um, there are not two people with the meat and this is relational psychoanalysis there are uh, two different groups of peeps uh, Mm, serial killers, uh, cannibals, uh, uh, dwarfs, uh, and um, dancers like in the circus, you know, the men who eat the fire, the cannonball men, all the people uh, that um, represent the splitted parts, uh, the psychotic parts, autistic parts of the personality, um, came to life and uh, um, uh, meet together. And I think that the revolutionary aspect of the, this theory is that um, some characters are not uh, internal objects of the patients and internal objects of the um, analysts, but they represent uh, the meeting of uh, these two. For example, uh, if uh, um, come up, uh, comes up uh, 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 Arsh father, it is not the Arsh father, uh, the historical Arsh father of the patient, but also it is not an uh, internal Arsh father. It is some father that is created inside the, um, the relationship. Maybe is The, the analyst that uh, talks as an arch father, or maybe is Luca, the yeah. When you say arch father, you mean grandfather or no, 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 arch, uh, uh, hard, you know, um, violent, violent father. Oh, sorry, oh, hard father. Okay, violent yes. father. Yeah, sorry, yeah. violent father. Okay, it, it's it's better. Um, the violence is not uh, historical violence, you know, as in the Freudian metapsychologies, uh, meta and is not an internal object as uh, in, in uh, Melanie Klein um, books. Is a new violent father that is in the field. And it can be the analyst, uh, the, the patient that uh, become hard, uh, become violent, uh, because of the relationship with the analyst or something in the in the um, relationship you know um, Farrell, um doesn't speak about transference and countertransference because uh, transference and countertransference are currents uh, of the patients or of the um, analyst Uh, he speaks about the field. It's like uh, uh, he says that there are no more two different persons in analysis. There's only a group of characters in search of expression, in search of a fiction. And this is uh, probably the most difficult uh, thing to understand that um, all what uh, happens in, in the session is like a dream, a co-constructed dream. 
and that, uh, for example, uh, if uh, uh, the patient uh, speaks about uh, the a cancer, my mother has a cancer, uh, we don't have to think about uh, an illness, about, uh, but uh, there is something that is very, very bad, is, uh, and it's growing, you know, it's, uh, it can uh, kill someone of, uh, of loving, uh, of some loved one, you know, and um, so um, Pharaoh tells that we should um, heal or treat or understand what kind of uh, emotions are this cancer. And he says, yes, probably the mother of the patient has really a cancer. But uh, we don't mind. We can't uh, do nothing for the mother. We are helpless. What we can do is uh, treat the cancer inside the field. And it's... Mm, really strange at the first uh, at the first glance but uh, if you start uh, uh, thinking in this perspective you can uh, transform in dreams uh, uh, most of the communications uh, of the patient yeah that was very helpful actually luca because um I learned some things in, in what you just said, which makes me think, I guess, this book isn't really a, an exposition of Pharaoh's theory in depth. It's, it's more, um, and it, it might help, it helped me a little bit knowing his work before I came to this book, although I don't think it's necessary. Um, the book is more about the, um, the implications of his theory um, for new analysts and for, um, but, but I got some things out of what you just said, this idea that when two people, analysts and analysts and come together, there's not just two people, there's a group of people. And then that the characters that begin to appear in the field aren't, ne don't necessarily belong to one or the other, but may belong to both parties as a statement of what's happening and developing in the analysis, like a, a cancer, God forbid. Um, but so I, I also wanted to note, you, you mentioned Stefano Bolognini, and I, I haven't read him yet. Like many Americans, um, I don't know the Italians very well. I'm just beginning to become acquainted. But I know that Bolognini was the president of the IPA, and um, and then you also mentioned, so how do you say it? Civitarisi, Giuseppe Civitarisi. How yes. do you pronounce that name? Yes, it's uh, so uh, Giuseppe Civitarese is uh, uh, um, a friend of Ferro and a uh, and a, a colleague that uh, is uh, developing uh, the. Theoretical part of Ferro's model. Ferro is a clinician. Ferro uh, speaks uh, every time, uh, looking to the patient, looking to the 
clinical part of, um, of the question. Um, Civitarese is more like a theorist and um, together uh, they, uh, they have written uh, the, uh, the last book in, I don't know if it's Karnak or Routledge, but uh, it's uh, uh, the, the field and its tra- transformations. I think uh, this is the English uh, title. And um, yeah, the, uh, we, uh, they are developing together uh, the model. And um, Stefano Bolognini, yes, is uh, an analyst of Bologna. It's uh, one of uh, the, the teachers of uh, our institute in Modena and Bologna. We are near, in, uh, geographically near, and uh, our institute is in Bologna. Bolognini is um, really uh, strange because it's one of our masters, really, and I think it's a master of psychoanalysis, but it's totally different uh, uh, from Ferro because uh, he try every time to integrate. Uh, he, he doesn't like uh, Islamic State. He likes uh, museum, but um, uh, he mm, spoke, for example, in, in the last Congress, uh, IPA Congress, uh, about the family of the analyst. And uh, he told that uh, mm, probably many, um, many sons and, of uh, Freud were fighting together, uh, you know, the Winnicottian, the Bionian, the Plinian. And now it's time to, uh, to consider Freud as a grandfather this time is not violent father, but his grandfather. We hope not so violent. And uh, uh, we should um, integrate the, the different theories and models in order to understand different uh, things, uh, different, uh, we can add different points of view, and um, with the difference. Uh, we can uh, um, have more uh, knowledge about the, the psyche. And, for example, uh, he's uh, developing an uh, IPA encyclopedia of uh, psychoanalysis. Um, and it's a great, I think it's a great project because many colleagues for all the parts of the world are working together in order to give uh, definitions that are mm, that can share the richness of uh, the different epistemologies of the the models in psychoanalysis but also uh, a richness that can be integrated in uh, in a, really in a, um, we can say, a great book for the future. Uh-huh. And so this is um, what uh, we are in Italy, we are doing. So you're there in the middle of some very 
powerful, influential psychoanalytic voices there in Italy. And would you say that this book was sort of as a testimony to your development and your efforts to think through and, and to become a, a psychoanalyst um, under Pharaoh's shadow, kind of, or? Uh, when you, it's, it's funny because uh, when you have written to me this question, uh, this is a question you, you have written to me. And uh, this question reminded me uh, the comic strips of the Mexican guy. And uh, I, uh, I thought about Mexico and what are, uh, what is the um, happening now in Mexico. And so let me send a wish to the Mexicans. But the comic strip, it strips is uh, of the Mexican guy that uh, is face uh, that um, is lying with the sombrero hat on his hand, doing doing siesta under a shadow. You know, it's a, a shadow of a cactus, a shadow of a wall, and he's uh, with the hat is, is lying. For me, this book it isn't siesta at all. Really, I'm I'm, I'm serious. I'm struggling a lot between the Bion field theory and my, I, we can say, my ma, not, uh, native model, the model um, that uh, was uh, teached to me, mm-hmm. um, that we can consider a relational psychoanalysis between Balint and Winnicott Ferenczi. And so, uh, integration between them is not easy. Uh, Ferro told me that it is impossible. And so, I am trying to, to integrate these two positions, and it really is not so easy. When you are with the patient, and the patient uh, tells you something, and you don't know if it's better to inform him uh, with the transfer in- interpretation about uh, you and uh, him, what he's doing and what he's experiencing, uh, or otherwise play with the characters and let the story go on. Really, it's, it's not easy, uh, and it's um, more difficult when you are working with less uh, than three or four times a week sessions. When you uh, work uh, with a single session or uh, two sessions per week, it's difficult to create a field uh, because reality comes. Every time comes. It's 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 difficult to... uh, disaggregate, disintegrate the reality and transform in in dream. Uh, Sometimes I do this, sometimes I find uh, easy to do this, sometimes it's not so easy. So I think that it's it's good because uh, probably I I would be uh, preoccupied with if... uh, I were so comfortable with ferro models at all. Because as uh, you were saying, uh, uh, quoting me, it's like uh, the dark side of the force. Uh, many, uh, many candidates in Italy uh, 
love Pharaoh at all. And sometimes, it's not so good, but sometimes there is the risk that uh, you uh, could um, marry the, the, this theory without understanding what, uh, how, how it's complex. You know, it's like, because Pharaoh also in, in, when, he, when he speaks, when he, uh, when he writes, uh, is always joking, is always playing. So it's, it's funny, it's easy, you know. Okay, the, the patient told me about the, the killer and I, um, star, I started uh, um, doing a film, a movie with the killer and the policeman and... It's like a game, but really is difficult, and for me is very difficult, to eradicate the characters in the deep emotions and the deep emotional field that is uh, unconscious, uh, that is growing in the, in the session. I don't know if it's... it's uh, easy to understand this concept. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm seeing... Um, so the word and the way we pronounce it in English is characters, the oh, characters yeah. in yes. the field. Um, you were close, but so this idea that um, the analyst and the analysand begin to develop together these characters into like movie scripts as a way of sort of dreaming forward. Um, the so that the, the the beta elements are the undigested emotional components that the patient brings can be dreamed into thinking and and that i can see that that's easier for that process to happen if you're meeting three or four days a week where you can really begin writing scripts of these characters than just once a week where where maybe like you said too much reality comes in so yeah that is helpful um let let me ask what are some of the char- the questions that this that that you ask in this book of Antonino Ferro Oh yeah uh, I asked uh, really a lot of uh, a lot of stuff <laughs> I I ask uh, I started asking uh, something about the the setting the frame I asked about uh, the number of the session and uh, the use of the couch, for example, when to use the couch and um, something similar. The, the silence, the role of the silence in the session and uh, also the payment for the missed sessions. Uh, in Italy, is a problem because uh, now to... Uh, to let the people know that you need to be paid also if they do, uh, don't come in the session is very is very difficult because now the people are uh, used to pay for what they have if you if they uh, aren't in the session uh, they think that the session disappears uh, disappears and so uh, why are you uh, asking for for this payment and so uh, it's it's difficult and uh, 
probably for the the candidates and the young analysts that haven't uh, uh, the good patient. We have the the bad patient, you know. And we have the peoples that aren't used to the rules of the analysis. So uh, you uh, should explain to them and it's not uh, enough. You have to to do a lot of work because they can understand that uh, mm, this missed session is, is a session. They are, are the are sessions. Are sessions that are um, not disappeared, but are lost. Uh, lost, but uh, are real. Some, someone was there and the, the meeting was missed. And uh, I, I asked him the secret not to lose patience. That is, it's a great secret. <laughs> and then the conversation went to the technique. How to balance, for example, interpretations and containment, mm, words and silence. For example, what is the meaning of elaboration? Uh, in many papers, the, uh, the analysts say that uh, uh, the patient then elaborated. Uh, what, is, what is elaborated? What it means? And so um, uh, we, we spoke to these concepts that probably are so common that have lost some of the, the meaning. And then I asked him, for example, how to face negative transference, uh, how to listen to the communications. And, uh, ah, for example, if your patient complains about the cold, you think about your coldness as, uh, as man, as analyst, or you, or you turn, uh, turn on the stove of your office. You know, uh, when the the, peop- the patient is thirsty, you offer him a glass of water, as some people do, or you uh, interpret him about uh, the how it's difficult to stay in the desert in the desert of the analysis without having water and so on. And more one is it's also interesting about how to face erotic transference. And I find this point interesting. If you consider any emotion of love of the patient toward the analysis, the analyst, as a repetition of a infantile effect, Maybe you will give uh, him a transparent, uh, her, if, uh, it is a woman, a transparent interpretation, you know. Uh, you are experiencing me as your father, and so this love is not, uh, uh, is not uh, in a love that you are experiencing to me, but to your father. But could it happen that uh, Margherita, for example, that uh, Joanna, experiments your kindness, your listening, your way of thinking as, as attractive, worthy of love. If it's uh, really, it can, can be that it's 
some sort of true love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can I ask you to you, Philip, do you talk her about their father? Uh, I'm not your father. And uh, and so uh, before threatening your marriage, uh-huh. uh, I go on. <laughs> And, uh-huh. uh, in the book, uh, what uh, what we are saying is that we talk about uh, uh, the the difference between um, what uh, is uh, happening in the analysis as uh, something that is totally different um, as what you are experiencing in your life. So, for example, Pharaoh uh, told me uh, that, yes, uh, it, c- it could be that uh, Joanna is uh, falling in love with him. But uh, there are rules and uh, are sad, sad rules, uh, but uh, uh, sad but true. <laughs> and so it was... Um, for me, it was interesting to understand that Ferro experiments the mm, res- responsibility. It's, it's, it's the true word in English, responsibility. Yes, probably. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. You are responsible to what you are doing with the patient. And so you can't uh, ask for... Uh, something that uh, or someone that is outside the field, you know, you can uh, speak about the father of Joanna, but as uh, someone that is lost, uh, is away. No, you are experiencing love with me. So is a question between us. This is more difficult, and uh, you should uh, uh, have a good maintenance of uh, your uh, capacity as analyst you are uh, you are, um, it's it's difficult because uh, when you are treating uh, treating effects uh, as real effects uh, mm, you should be cautious uh, you should be you should, you should have uh, prudence mm-hmm. but uh, uh, i think that uh, uh, this could be uh, very useful. Uh huh. So, speaking of the field, a little earlier I he- heard little children's voices in the background, and then I heard a dog barking. <laughs> and I think, um, I think the dog barking maybe in the field is is something in me telling me that we're we're about to run out of time. Um, it's barking at me to say we have to we have to finish, but. Um, and I wanted to ask, I'm not going to ask, but um, Pharaoh says, you ask him some wonderful things about the value of reading Freud nowadays. <laughs> so you're not going to have to answer that question, but um, unless you want to say something about it. But I, I also wanted to finish by asking you, you you've written uh, some books before, and you may be working on a new, another book now. So why don't you kind of finish up with those questions? Oh, I really, um, I thank you for your, for this question. I thank uh, Sam, my dog, to, uh, <laughs> to have uh, um, put something in, in the field, some, something super egoic or, I don't know, some uh, t- 
time, uh, uh, some time in our conversation that is uh, outside, uh, outside the time, outside the space and outside the time, because we are speaking in, uh, in some sort of virtual world. Uh, and it's, it's fine. Uh, I thank you because, um, yes, I've written some books and um, for me, uh, they, they were real important. Uh, in Italy, a psychologist, uh, if you don't have the right parents, and uh, I hadn't uh, had the right patient parents, uh, some psychiatrists, uh, pa- parents, no parents, a father that is a, a, a psychiat- psychiatrist or a mother that works on, in the university and uh, in, can introduce you to the university world, uh, if you don't have this in in uh, US, it's totally different. In Italy, really, we we uh, we are like tribes, you know, clans. There are families are clans, and there is the nepotism, as in the Roman uh, uh, Empire time. You know, if you have the the good father, you can uh, bring uh, his place uh, in the structure in the institution. It's 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 not good, but it's it's so. And in Italy, in, if you are a psychologist, uh, you will face a long career of unemployment, free work in the public service, occasional contracts. Uh, as, uh, as I said, I ate bread and frustration for, for long. So I decided to focus on, on a project. It was an old project. I made some interviews to my grandparents, my granduncles, and some elder of my city about their life during World War II. Uh-huh. They were innkeepers. Uh, they uh, ran uh, uh, an inn. Um, their friends uh, had been tortured by the Nazis, while my uncle was sent in a concentration camp in Germany, in Kassel. And I published his letters to his girlfriend, and uh, I, mm, I wrote this book, Stories of War and Inn. This is the title. And was an association mm, of personal narrations and historical de- documents. And uh, really, it was great because uh, um, my grandfather uh, mm, told me about... Uh, uh, a friend of uh, of his father that was uh, an English spy. He was uh, no, it was Italian, but he, he, he was a spy for the English ally, uh, allied, the English uh, uh, corp in um, during the war. And uh, after uh, a long search, I found the, the son of this man. And uh, he uh, revealed me and he showed me the documents. Really, he was, uh, uh, he was working uh, for the, um, the counter-spionage of the English Allied Force in my city. So it was really uh, like uh, a psychoanalysis uh, before I was psychoanalyst. Because really the field... Um, was constructing uh, under uh, with my work 
I was writing, I was reading, and uh, uh, affects, uh, emotions, uh, and the stories uh, were growing up. So I was so, really so uh, excited. And then I started working, so I moved my interest uh, to the psychoanalysis. And my, my other books treated uh, uh, psychoanalysis topics. Uh, the Law of Addiction and Boundaries, The Expression of the Rage, and The Actual Interpretation of the Dreams. But uh, I'm proud to say that no one of them is aimed to the, uh, to the psychoanalysts. Mm-hmm. All of them are written for the outreach of psychoanalysis among the general public. And I think that outreach is a vital need for contemporary psychoanalysis. Too long, our colleagues have closed themselves in the ivory tower. And now CBT, uh, behavioral cognitive therapist, seems to be the best therapy for everything. And this is the main reason because I asked Ferro and Karnak to aim this book not only to the new analysts, but also to curious patients. And I was really um, very strong in, in, in saying this. Uh, and maybe this is the, one of the reasons for the relative success of this guide, because really we are uh, working uh, to, uh, to make psychoanalysis uh, uh, well-known outside. And um, this is the reason, because the the new book uh, I will propose to Ferro when when time has come, I think next year, um, would be targeted to the to the general public. My I have a title in my mind that could be the emotional needs of the children from zero to ninety nine years. And um, I think that parents, uh, uh, adolescents, uh, couples uh, are are in in need to know what uh, are the the emotional needs, the need for containment, for example. In in Italy, uh, we are experiencing a lot of uh, uh, cases when... Uh, ex-husbands or ex-boyfriends are killing ex-girlfriends or ex-wife a lot, one every day, because they can't contain jealousy, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we should speak, not to other analysts, but we should speak to the people about uh, uh, the role of emotions, of containment, of containing the frustrations uh, and so on. And so I think that uh, as analysts, uh, we have the duty to give not only to our patients, but also to the people that could become patients or that uh, uh, go on the streets, uh, go everywhere, uh, what uh, psychoanalysis have teached to us. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I wish you 
sincerely great success with that effort of bringing psychoanalysis more to the to the public and to the world beyond the small world of psychoanalysis because there's a lot in Pharaoh's work that I find very um, it seems to hold the potential for really speaking to a very broad audience about the incredibly vital work that we can do um, as as analysts. But I do want to thank our listeners for listening to this episode of New Books in Psychoanalysis, where we have been interviewing Dr. Luca Nicolai about his book, The New Analyst's Guide to the Galaxy. Thank you for listening. <laughs>